0: What a flight crew. We have a bonus episode for you today. I have the host of the Atlanta Legends podcast, which, definitively speaking, I think without any reservations or without any discussion, has to be the best podcast name in the AAF. Huh. It's Anthony Sigismund, host of the Crown Loyal podcast. Welcome to the show, man.
1: Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. You guys are the, uh, the pod fathers, as we've been referring to. <laughs> so I'm honored. <laughs> Well,
0: I appreciate you taking the time. And yeah, um, how long have how many episodes have you done? Uh, we are
1: going on number 10.
0: So we just hit. Okay, decisions. so a couple months. Yeah. And as soon as you announced your name, I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's that's <laughs> real good.
1: Well, the funny thing is I was going to come up with something very simple and basic. It was going to be, I think, We the Legends, because they were playing some song at the watch party for the quarterback draft. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that would make sense. And then I thought about it more and more. And. Thought about making a logo and thought, ah, oh, that kind of sounds boring. And I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't listen to that podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> I was lucky enough that I was, you know, here in Atlanta, you see so many Crown Royal billboards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense a little bit. And I'm glad that everyone likes it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely a hit. So, first, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what is your background, and why did you get into podcasting and starting a
1: Legends podcast? I'm actually from Tennessee, but I'm from the east side of Tennessee in Chattanooga. Okay. I graduated from there, and I graduated with a communication degree with the hope that I would do some kind of sports journalism. I also had the hope of moving out west to California. I quickly realized, or my feet, my now fiancé and I quickly realized, that that trip out west was not going to happen. We were not going to be able to make that work. Uh, to put it in perspective, we lasted a month out there. Oh, wow. But during that month, it actually... You know, I was really into the big three, the new startup basketball league, and knew a little bit about the AAF and thought, well, I could work on something here during my job search. And ultimately, I wanted to put a podcast together for new leagues. I wanted to do both. When I realized it wouldn't work out there, and I was moving to Atlanta for a job that I was able to secure outside of sports journalism, I thought, well, it'd be really cool if I was just talking about one team specifically, and it would be a lot easier I was like, well, if I'm not going to be able to do sports journalism, I might as well try to do something on my own and at least build my resume and build my portfolio up a little bit. And at the same time, I can support the team. So from there, I kind of formed the podcast and I rekindled with a childhood friend who's now my co-host. And we've really been enjoying ourselves and we've gotten really close with the team. And, you know, everybody in the podcast community or the AAF community has been really nice and I've, I've enjoyed every second of it.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that you know. I think we've mentioned it several times on the show, but it just bears repeating that this isn't just an opportunity for players to get another shot at the big times. You know, this is also a way for coaches, but us and you know that are sports fans that are looking to kind of make a name for ourselves in sports media. It's a great way to get started on the ground floor, and yeah. these teams have been so amazing in accepting and like encouraging and just kind of helping us out with, you know, access to the teams. There's like all kinds of things that it's such a unique opportunity for everybody.
1: Yeah, no, it, it really is. And it's, you know, what the NFL, obviously it's, it would be so much harder to get into this, not only because there's already so many podcasts and other media outlets talking about the NFL, but because the NFL is not as welcoming because they're such a big entity. So mm-hmm. for everyone in the AAF, you know, for them to grow so fast and still be so accepting of people like us just trying to make a name for ourselves, like you said, it's, it's really been awesome. And, you know, we've, we've heard from team presidents throughout the league and some players throughout the league, some team reporters throughout the league. Everyone's just been really welcoming and really nice to let us help them or try to help them, you know, support the fan base and support the team and make it more known about that the AF is here. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. Let's talk
0: about the legends. So like the express, extremely rough start to the season. Can you talk a little bit about kind of like what you guys have been going through over there? Cause it's, you've gone through a
1: lot. I, I'm personally, you know, maybe I'm biased, but I think we've had the roughest start to any AAF team and maybe any startup team, to be honest. I, I, mean, I will. I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, we advertise here that we're going to have Michael Vick as our offensive coordinator and Aaron Murray as our quarterback. You know, from the get-go, it was bringing in tons of Georgia fans and Georgia natives here because, you know, obviously those two made a a name for themselves. They were legends here. And we bring on Brad Childress as our head coach, lots of NFL experience. You know, he's had some success in the NFL, and we're like, okay, this is actually going to be a pretty decent team. And then we get to training camp and realize Brad Childress is gone. Now we have a first-time head coach in Kevin Coyle, and – you know, we're like, okay, well, I mean, it's not that bad. Like, you know, Childress wanted to have personal reasons to leave and, you know, whatever he wanted, needed to do, he needed to do. Well, then we find out Michael Fink's leaving, which was a huge shock to me because when I talked to some people in the organization, including the president, they or they made it known to me that he was fulfilled his obligations as an analyst on Fox or whatever, but I, clearly that wasn't the case. So he's gone, you know, two days before the first game. We add Rich Bartell, you know, halfway through training camp, and he's never called any plays before. So now we have a first time play caller in here. And, you know, the first game is obviously it went terribly. It, we lost 40 to six. We looked atrocious. And we were the first game on along with the commanders and the fleet. So, uh, you know, first game jitters. It's whatever. It, you know, it's a new league, but at least people know about it. Well, then, you know, Rich Bartell decides to leave. And two days before the third game of the season, another terrible time because you know at this point we're 0-2 it's a 10 game season we're trying to you know flip the script a little bit and coach Bartell's like nah I don't want to coach anymore like okay well you just got into coaching so I don't know your reasoning behind it his was also personal reasons you know kind of yeah whatever that means right (laughs) but uh so um I you know I talked to the team reporter recently uh, Jalen Thompson for us and he doesn't even know who called the called the game against the iron so you know, the first three weeks were a really rough start. I'm glad to be past them. I'm glad that we have an experienced OC, a head coach that is willing to put in all the effort, regardless of the circumstances, and really rally this team. This team, you know, is, doesn't hang their heads down or anything. They hang them high. Their spirits are high, and they want to put on a show for Atlanta, and week three didn't obviously go that way, so hopefully, uh, you know, no offense to you guys we can have a better showing at home this time around.
0: Well, I, I'll have to disagree. I hope that doesn't happen. But <laughs> regardless, I can always pull for the underdog. So I was happy that the Legends got, you know, their first win along with us last week.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't want to be the only team going into week five, the middle of the season yeah. uh, with no wins. It's hard to, it's hard, you know, it's hard to talk about the team when the team's not doing well.
0: Yeah, and that was one thing that we were dealing with is... For one, just the memes and all the trash talk. It's like we, you know, there's not a whole lot we can say.
1: It's, like, how much you... it's like we get it. We know, we yeah. understand.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, throw out a trash talk. I'm like, no, no, you're not wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you hate to put it like that, but it's like at the same time, like, yeah, we, we know. We, we've been extensively covering the team. We obviously mm-hmm. did not have these expectations. And we're probably even more disappointed than you are. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's even worse for you because at least we have, like, an elite defense that we can jump behind. I'm not sure what uh, the legends have.
1: I think uh, – I mean, like, I, I personally believe our defense is good. I, I believe we're, you know, one of the better defenses in the league. I just think that offensively and, you know, in the red zone and all our coaching turnover, we just had so much struggle about, like, keeping the offense on the field that the defense was running out there every two minutes and just tiring out. Because I think – I mean, I think even in the last game against Arizona, we held them to 11 points. They've been a pretty prolific offense, you know, give or take, through the first three games, and we held them to 11. So, I think, I mean, yeah. health-wise, you know, like, we weren't there either, and, you know, I'm I'm a Legends fan, so I could just be making excuses. But I think our defense is really good. <laughs> now, I, I will say, you know, I would definitely say that the Express defense is, you know, maybe top two in the league. So – that's definitely something to fall on whenever people are talking anything about your team. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, we have that. Talk to me about the QB controversy because, like you said before, Aaron Murray was supposed to be the starter. At least that's how you know the media, the fans, like everybody just assumed, just like we assumed that Mettenberger would be our starter. And then week one rolls around, and that's not the case. So. Tell yeah. me, like, what, the kind of, what was going on between Matt Sims and Aaron Murray and kind of, like, why the change took so long to happen?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's weird because, like, I think at the beginning, everyone was, like, open and accepting and open-minded about it, even though most people thought it would be Murray. They're like, okay, well, I mean, Matt Sims won the job, and I talked to a couple people who I was able to do some interviews with, and they're like, you know, like, Aaron doesn't always look that great in practice, but when he steps on the field, something changes. There's a fire that's lit under him or something. But regardless, Matt won the job. He's had tons of NFL experience. He was in training camps when Aaron was moving on to the next phase of his career before the AAF. So, you know, Matt rolls out there week one, obviously doesn't look too well, but we had the coaching turnover. So it's like, how do you evaluate a guy when there's no OC? Yeah. And so he rolls in the the week two, uh, you know, a little bit better. We get off to a good start again and the fleet roll back and, you know, they obviously look better with their new starting quarterback. It's like, okay, like, we're 0-2 at this point. Matt hasn't looked that good. He's thrown for a lot of yards, but he's not scoring points. So, like, hopefully going into week three in the home opener, we bring out Aaron. And that that obviously wasn't the case. Again, we lose our OC before the game. So it's like, how do you... It's it's really hard to evaluate someone when there's no one really calling the plays or no one solidified to call the plays. So I think it finally came to a point where if Aaron was going to get in, it was either going to be a bad half last week or an injury. And, you know... We, we hope Sims is okay, but we've seen how how much of a difference Aaron Murray's already made to the team. So, you know, I, I think personally that the switch didn't come because they, they had a lot of belief in that. I mean, he he was a guy who won the job. And, again, like I'm reiterating that the OC controversy just, you know, there was no one always calling the plays and always there to – uh, scheme what kind of offense they wanted to run throughout the week. I mean, guys were leaving left and right. So I think now that we've seen Aaron on the field, he's won us the first game. It's like a no-brainer. You have to play him. He's got a full week with Sam Peasy this week, uh, our new OC. And honestly, just I'm, we're just kind of crossing our fingers here that hopefully Coach Sam Peasy doesn't leave us in the next two games. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it did take a lot longer than expected. But um, I'm just glad that we – Well, I'm not glad that Matt Sims got hurt, but I'm glad that the switch resulted in a win.
0: Yeah. And like you're saying, it was hard to evaluate, you know, a quarterback with everything else going on because people, you know, they get all the blame. You know, it was the same thing with Hackenberg, even though that ended up being fairly accurate. The first couple of games, it's really hard to evaluate whenever the O-line doesn't give them enough time to protect. You know, the play calling isn't setting them up for success Um, because that was an issue for us. Is that we just had a very vanilla offense that didn't, you know, test defenses deep. So they're able to kind of shut us down. Yeah. And then, you know, it's been an issue throughout the league, but drop passes have been a huge factor.
1: Yeah, I know. I I mean, I would even say the line play has kind of been a bigger factor than I expected. I mean, I I understand that it takes guys time to develop, but in a way, they, they kind of have somewhat of an advantage with, you know, the limited amount of blitzers and, The new defensive Mm -hmm. rule. So I was really surprised about that. But that seems to be something that's really affected every team except maybe, you know, maybe Birmingham, maybe Orlando, those two teams. But everyone else has really had their struggles. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was really hard to evaluate when, you know, it's not just a quarterback to blame, it's everyone to blame. But, you know, at the end of the day, like Hackenberg wasn't really getting it done and throwing the ball deep, maybe until the third game before he got pulled. And then, you know, Sims, he wasn't getting it done. He wasn't punching it in. We, we were having trouble in the red zone, and it took an unfortunate injury to force him out, but maybe it was just the right time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and O-line play has been a huge factor. And I think, like, you can kind of see it because I think, I think the iron have, like, one of the worst, but when it comes to, like, time in the pocket before like a time of protection, I think, is like how long the the quarterback has to throw. And I think Orlando had the best score according to um, pro football focus. And you can definitely see how that correlates to a more efficient passing offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've they've been unbelievable. You know, it helps that they have a great head coach and a great Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator, very experienced guys over there. But I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see if Birmingham's, you know, quote-unquote, great defense, will really stop them because this will, you know, show me that they're really elite or not, but yeah, Orlando has been really good. Um, they're probably the team to be right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a good game just because the iron have probably the best defense. And when you looked at what happened when they played, you know, Memphis express, you know, our defense shut them down. Cause you know, week two or week one, you know, they, they scored 40 points week two. They were just throwing all over, uh, was it the Commanders?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were.
0: Yeah, and then week three, we held them to, I think, 20 points.
1: Yeah, you guys looked really good with them, actually, especially when Medberger came in. I know mm-hmm. we uh came in after the home game. We were coming back from the Georgia State Stadium, and we watched the rest of that game, and Zach looked really good, and the defense just – I feel like they rallied behind him because they, they were really shutting them down, not for like a couple plays or two, you know. Mm-hmm. You could have really stole that one. So I was – I mean – I think at this point, we're kind of just like banded together and going against everybody. It's like Atlanta <laughs> at Memphis against everybody, you know, against the yeah. league. So, you know,
0: which really sucks that after we get our first win, we have to face each other. Right. Exactly. Because one team is going to be devastated. <laughs> yeah. I <know>. Monday.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think because Orlando and Birmingham, you know, those are two teams that are in our conference. I don't know if it's better for one or the other to lose, you know, it's like because one of I, us will obviously be at two wins next week. Mm -hmm. And then if Birmingham loses, you know, we're right in the thick of things, being one of the top two teams. But then if Orlando loses, you know, it opens up a little bit more opportunity.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that. If I think it's best for us, if Birmingham loses, if, you know, Orlando solidifies that top spot, bringing Birmingham down just makes that number two spot that much more accessible.
1: Right. That's true.
0: I think there's a better chance for you know, the second spot to be open if Birmingham loses, which I think they are. I don't think they're gonna be able to keep up with the Apollo's.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either offensively. Like, you know, I I got to see them play in person. I think you did too as well, didn't you? Yeah, we went down to Birmingham for that first game. I mean, we've both seen Perez play. I was honestly when the report came about out about him, about eight teams looking at him, I was honestly a little shocked just because it's not that I think he's a bad quarterback. I just I, I still think he needs more time. He has yet to throw a touchdown in, in the league, and the offense is pretty much centered around getting on the goal line and just giving it to Trent Richardson four or five times until he gets in.
0: Yeah, Mister uh, Two Point Four Yards per Carry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that that uh, somehow he's the, he's the greatest comeback story. Still, I don't. I still don't get that. Whenever <laughs> you
0: have. Zach Stacy, who was a first player to rush for 100 yards in a single game, and you got guys like Jaquan Gardner who are just running all over the place, but they yeah. want to focus on Trent Richardson.
1: Yeah, right. He he gets set up for easy touchdowns almost every yeah. game. But you know, it is what it is. People yeah. people will eventually notice. I hope. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just a matter of time. Like, there's so much work to be done as far as the league has come. There's so much more work to be done to really get it mainstream and get you know, the proper coverage and the proper analysis of where the team or where the league is going.
1: Yeah, uh, and as someone who's been covering the league for so long, I mean, what what are your thoughts on it, like, you know, midway through the first season? I mean, there's obviously a few rumors here and there about some things that are to come and some things that are not to come. And then we've had, you know, a couple issues with the, uh, the investment and the payroll coincidence and that. <laughs> those league being sued over a handshake agreement. I mean, what are, I mean, what are your thoughts on it
0: so far? Like, I think the investment is what they say it is. Um, I think Steve Spurrier said it, that, you know, a major investor backed out and they need somebody to fill that spot. And they had this perfect opportunity. And I don't think you could ever honestly say that a $250 million investment is a bad thing.
1: Yeah. No, (laughs) not at all. Never.
0: Um, And then just when you look at, I mean, if you go back to the very beginning and what the expectations were, you know, the fact that you can get over 10,000 people to show up to a game, let alone San Antonio getting almost 30. And when you first started, you know, there was no expectation that there'd be any kind of broadcast on this. It was all going to be on the website or on their app is the only way to watch the game. And like the one game every week, that would be broadcasted by CBS Sports. And that was what we were expecting the entire season to be. That's now accurate. fast forward, you have NFL Network coming on, you get TNT who just signed up to do two more games. Um Bleacher Report live as awful as it is, you know, <laughs> they're still <laughs> they're still out there. And just the fact that like it's come so far and it's only getting bigger and I think I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was one of the Hot Shots podcast, but somebody's saying that like when you look at or it might be one of the Commanders, but we look like week one, there were no advertisements at all. And then as the seasons got on, they were getting more and more and every week are new advertisers. So it's not like they're repeating the same advertisers over and over. You're seeing new advertisers jumping on board and really buying into this league. And now there's a new report out talking about how because of Tom Dundon, the new investor, he's just opened the door to all kinds of new partnerships. So you can be seeing like even bigger names advertising and you know partnering with the AAF so I think from what the expectations were back in March April May of last year we've gone so far and beyond those expectations that's just insane so yeah I everything is just you know over the moon excellent and the fact that now there's the talks of a partnership with the NFL for some of the lower level players to join the AAF for um for some extra reps and if that doesn't solidify this league as legitimate i don't know what will
1: yeah really i mean like obviously it's always going to be a matter of time with the startup and for people to finally figure out about the league but yeah like you said like a partnership with the nfl is a huge deal i mean like can't even put into words how big how big of a deal it would be and you know yeah it would be i, I was just thinking of it today and this is kind of an insane hypothetical but you know imagine if the AAF came out last year or something, and they agreed to this partnership. We had guys like Patrick Mahomes, who was sitting out the whole year, uh, waiting for his turn, and he was just playing in the AAF. I mean, that would really put like set the league on fire. And so, it just I mean, I'm not going to say there's going to be another Patrick Mahomes walking through the door, but anybody who's waiting under the wings, I, I think this year it could be like a guy like Dwayne Haskins. You know, if he gets drafted by the Giants and Eli's a starter, like what if he were to join the AAF next year just to get some reps like that? that would be really cool. So Mm -hmm. uh, obviously there's like the concern of injury and it being before the start of training camp and whatnot. But you know, I I think the league has come a long way, like you said, and I just wanted to hear your perspective because you've been covering it for so, so long, you know, like you and your wife has been pretty much inside Memphis AAF for a long time. I mean, your name started off with just Memphis AAF. You didn't have a, (laughs) a team name yet. So yeah i I can't even imagine from your perspective seeing how far it's come it's just it's probably awesome like coming from your side of the things
0: yeah like it's really easy to be down the lead talking about how there's not enough coverage you know you know as good as it is to have cbs sports nfl network those are still premium channels that not everybody has access to right but you just got to look at where we come from and yeah they've exceeded expectations and regardless like there's so many quote unquote unofficial streams on YouTube or on Reddit that <laughs> yeah. if you can't watch the game, like y- if you have internet, you can watch the game. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, just reach out to somebody; they'll know mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> yeah, just email me; I will send you the link. It's fine.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm having no troubles at all watching them. You know.
0: Yeah, like obviously, there's a ton that could be better, but that's going to come with time. Yeah, and like people are putting too much emphasis on like the low attendance numbers, but. You know, especially, like, you can't really talk about this past week just with the weather that was going on in Utah and in Birmingham area. But when you look at the broadcast viewership, I was thinking, I saw somewhere was, like, over 400,000 tuned in, and it was still more than tuned in previous weeks. Wow. So That's insane. Yeah, so people actually watching the game is going up, even if they're not showing up to the game, so it's just a matter of time for these communities to really just outreach to kind of catch up and, you know, build these fan bases in the communities.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going up against, you know, like NBA, like marquee matchups. We're going against, mm-hmm. we had to go against all-star weekend and, you know, March madness will come up here soon. I mean, just to get the results we are, is I, I think it's really impressive to be honest. Yeah. Because I know people love football, but at the same time, there are, are those fans of other sports who I got to think, or at least, tuning some of them are tuning in so Mm -hmm. i've really been impressed with the product and i mean and and on the field like a lot of those guys have looked really good i see a lot of guys that i think personally could be in an nfl training camp next year perhaps even make a team so
0: yeah yeah there's definitely a few guys out that i could see making that jump which is exciting
1: yeah absolutely
0: all right anthony it's getting late Uh, i don't want to keep it too much longer so what is your preview for this game? Like, what do you think that we can, as Memphis Express fans, can we expect from the Legends come Sunday?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, uh, the news came out today that Aaron will be the starter, so Aaron Murray will be at the helm. Um, I think don't underestimate our defense. You know, I, I know Mettenberger has really looked good since he's been in the offense, but don't underestimate our defense. I think personally, and I could just be biased, that we have the best safety tandem in the whole AAF and Tyson Graham and Ed Reynolds they have you know Tyson Graham leads the AAF right now in tackles and I think we're second in the league right now against against the pass so those guys haven't really allowed a lot over the top and we've done that a lot without our starting corners so I think a lot of those guys are getting healthy and our run defense has looked decently well I don't know you know this week it'll be a little bit tougher against Zach and I I like Sherman Beatty a lot for you guys. You guys picked him up, so um, Mm -hmm. I I think those guys will be a threat. As far as offensively, uh, besides Murray, you know, our backfield is kind of running back by committee, and it's been three or four guys. We just added someone to replace one of our running backs, but it's mostly been, uh, you know, Terry and Folston when he's healthy and then Ben Hart Robinson when he's healthy. It's been a a trio of guys that have really kind of weakened and weakened week in and week out, excuse me, been changing up. And then I think our receivers, we have the Jones bros who aren't really bros, but <laughs> Sean Tavious Jones and Malachi Jones. I think those guys, they always look like the best two guys on the offense. So um, I think just like the rest of the AF, it just comes down to a matter of can our offensive line protect? And we'll, we'll see if uh, Aaron Murray's mobility, I mean, he looked really mobile last week and was able to escape a pocket and, you know, made the offensive line look a little bit better than they might have actually been playing, but we'll see if, uh, you know, you can do that against a, a stout front seven. You know, I know you guys have mm-hmm. been really, really good up front and I know there's been some injuries here and there, but regardless, you know, with Mike Singletary running the show over there, he's probably going to have <laughs> yep. that defense ready. So, uh, yeah, that's just a short preview
0: yeah, that makes me nervous like you talking about Aaron Murray's mobility. Because I know that's one issue I keep seeing is containment. You know, we get pressure, but it's not contained, so the quarterback is able to escape. That makes me a little bit nervous. But, like, you know, as far as, like, the run game goes, like, we have an incredibly good run defense that's going to be hard to run against.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've been the worst rushing team. Like, last week was beyond impressive of what what we've been doing all year. I mean it was our season high offensively until the yards with 454, but you know, before that we weren't doing anything. So uh, I'm still a little nervous about that. Uh, I think we've been, our threat out of the backfield really comes with guys that can catch the ball. And, you know, I think when you have to dump it down, those guys are really reliable. And so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if, what's really hurt us is when we can't have any balance on offense. So like when we've had to pass the ball nonstop and not run at all, you know, it, it really hurts because the defense knows what to expect. So mm-hmm. if we have trouble running the ball, it could be a problem for us all day. And
0: Yeah. We've got a couple of good corners that like our pass defense isn't great, but you know, we got some pretty good guys back there. So it's really like over the middle that we have issues with. Like our linebackers play a little too soft for at least my liking. So it's easy to get, you know, quick yardage over the middle against them.
1: Yeah. it's You know, it's really going to be different or interesting to see how we attack just every game now. I mean, it's I'm surprised that, you know, Coach Zampezi who was with the Bengals for a long time, which is how he knows Coach Coyle, and then was with the Browns last year as their quarterback coach. You know, it's going to be, I'm, I'm really surprised, first of all, that he wasn't the guy to start. Like, I don't know if he was doing other obligations, but we went with two guys who were former quarterbacks but have no offensive coordinating experience at all.
0: That's really weird.
1: So, I don't – he must have, you know, I guess he wasn't – he didn't get the first crack for some reason, but it'll be interesting to see how he continues to, to develop this offense because we we really haven't changed much – as far as a scheme, it's just him improvising and adding to that scheme. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do with a, a full weeks of work with his starting quarterback.
0: Yeah. And that's what's going to be tough for Memphis and that there's not a whole. I'm glad that Aaron Murray played what he did, because at least we get some tape on him. Yeah, but it still is not, you know, not as not as much as we would like. So <laughs> hopefully that well, they can I mean, game plan for him.
1: Yeah, same for Menberger a little bit. He played what six quarters. Game. Uh, yeah, class. yeah. So, or uh, you know, the last time these, these two guys played, I've been mentioning this a lot today. <laughs> it was a, a shootout. I, mean, I I doubt it's going to be a shootout, but and not a forty-four to forty-one game. But it would be kind of cool if it was. <laughs> yeah. <I hope.
0: laughs> well, awesome. Um, are you going to are you going to be at the game?
1: Yeah, it'll it'll just be me though. My co-host. Has some obligations to fulfill, so it'll just be me and a couple of lucky people will be in my seats, and I'll be in the press box. So
0: nice, that's always fun. <laughs> well, awesome. So if people want to follow you, so they can kind of stay up to date on what's going on with the game, where can they where can they
1: find you? Yeah, so I think we're probably the most active on Twitter at Crown Loyal AAF. And we just opened up a Facebook page. I haven't been as active on there, but it's just Crown Loyal Podcast. I think it'd be pretty easy to search on there. But mostly that, that play-by-play information will come from Twitter. So at Crown Loyal AAF. And I don't know if any of your, your listeners are going to the game or wanting to go to the game, but we're doing a little giveaway over there for two tickets. Like I mentioned, two people will be sitting in my seats. So if they check out that Twitter account over there, they can definitely find out how to win. And the winner will be announced Saturday morning. So, Awesome.
0: And I'll be sure to put links to that in the show notes. So that way, if you are listening, you can hopefully win. That'd be, that'd be funny if it was some of his Express fans that oh want it. Because
1: <laughs> I have a lot of these like, new Georgia fans mm-hmm. you know, starting to follow and look at the account. And I'm, I'm sure they're just following just to see Aaron Murray. Yep. So it will be really <laughs> ironic if <and> it <really laughs> <this> fans coming. <laughs> And also, if you want to check out your show, where can they go? Yeah, so we're on Podbean, and we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. At the moment, I had to uh, change my RSS feed, so I haven't really updated anywhere else. But for the most part, those are the four places that you can go to and listen.
0: Awesome, And I'll be sure to put links to that in the show notes. So just go to MemphisAAF.com. And check out this episode so you can get links to everything. Anthony, once again, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's been a really fun. I'm, I hope we can do this again, hopefully, down the road when we're competing for a playoff spot. Yeah, 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 because I think, are we, are we uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, because aren't we meeting in the last week of the season?
1: Yeah, it's kind of, I think these are two big games, or they could be two mm-hmm. big games, so.
0: Yeah, uh, get in touch with your team president because I've thrown out the challenge of a, Because we're having the Southern Hot Wing Festival before the game at the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. And so I wanted to get our team presidents to go head-to-head in a hot wing eating competition. So That makes
1: sense. I've been wondering where that was coming from and what the the idea was based around. So, okay, I understand it now. I will uh, let him know. He actually asked me last time why I didn't ask him about that. So (laughs) I'll make sure he knows about it next time.
0: Awesome.